0: Hey, Jeremy. How about yourself? I am wet right now. Well, not physically, but, you know, we went from heat wave to, I don't know how much rain I got, between 2 p.m. yesterday afternoon and like 4.30 p.m., but it was a lot. I haven't been oh, outside wow. to look at the rain gauge this morning.
1: Man, I'm jealous. We need some rain here so bad, but we got the heat wave. We got that part down. We had... uh was it yesterday? The day before, they said somewhere in BC is the hottest temperature ever recorded in Canada, and I forget off the top of my head what it, what it is.
0: <laughs> um, and people freak out, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! And okay, part of that is rightfully so. And I I actually was watching um, a news story about the heat wave. In Western Canada, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I have a friend up there, so I'm just interested in it. And mm-hmm. uh, the the idiot Canadian broadcaster, as I'll call him, where it's the hottest day ever in the history of Canada or in history. You don't mm-hmm. know that. Nope, that's true. You you really don't know that. It may be in recorded history. And oh, by the way, you don't know that either because part of the recording history has been a little guy with beady little eyes and Coke bottle glasses. The system of recording data was dependent upon this little guy actually recording yeah, that yeah. day yeah. and not you know being on a board, um whiskey filled you know whatever and uh, uh what was it yesterday oh 89 that's what i'm putting today yeah that's i'm right. not going outside it's too hot you know come on people yeah i don't care we've all been there you know i'm not proud of it i've done it um you just phone it in one day uh, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, there are job. There are some jobs where you can phone it in and no one will ever know it'll never affect anything. And there are some things, you know, that you shouldn't phone in. Yeah. But meteorology, um, particularly prior to, I'll say, uh, 1890, 1885, 1890, somewhere in there it's all dependent upon a human being getting up in the morning and actually wanting to do this boring job.
1: Mm-hmm. Of which he probably wasn't being paid much at that time. If anything,
0: No, and I mean, a lot of it back then wasn't, you weren't paid. It was an additional job that you had, you know, as part of the postal service or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or these, just an
1: inquisitive mind
0: these civil uh civil service jobs uh back then particularly out in the uh in the frontier world you had five or six civil service jobs of your own you know you're the Mm -hmm. postmaster you were the telegraph guy you were the weather guy uh and those are just three jobs i know off the top of my head that a lot of folks and the american west had, you know, if you were the postmaster. Oh, by the way, you're also the telegraph guy, the weather guy.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Um. So, forty nine point six Celsius is what it got to, uh, in a little town. What's it called? I forget. Uh, forty nine point six is a hundred and twenty one point two eight degrees Fahrenheit. That's hot. And this little town, uh, yes. L- Ladia or what did I say? I was
0: incredible. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, that's the heck with this place, I'm moving hot.
1: Yeah, yeah. Layton, Lighton BC. So they three days in a row they set records for like the warmest temperatures in Canada. <laughs> I think it was yesterday the they say ninety percent of the village is burned down to wildfires. That's, <laughs> that's just so sad. tragic. That is yeah. so sad. Oh, it's crazy. You know, a week ago, uh, maybe two weeks ago, it was green here. Like just springtime green, you know, everything is lush and gorgeous. And now like our grass, I don't need to mow anymore until we get some substantial rain cause it's not growing. Um, on the weekend, my wife and I, uh, planted four apple trees and I dug down about, they're, they're pretty small, they're not super big, but I dug down about a foot and a half into the ground and it's dry. Like literally, it it was like pulling dust out of the hole. Usually you go down a couple inches and it's wet and clumpy, right? Yeah, I, I was actually, I, Steph's like, I can't believe this. I've never seen the ground this dry here before. So hopefully, we're supposed, we're supposed to get some rain, like thunderstorms today and rain tomorrow. Today, we're only going to get to 32 here, which I don't know what that is. 90s something, who knows, but man, it's been so hot. Oh, like brutal. Just brutal. Glad I got air conditioning. <laughs> that's awesome
0: oh god it's air conditioning and this heat wave you hear about texas no they want to pass some rules because of the power grid and this heat wave and blah 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 that they want to limit and meter your air conditioner usage oh wow and so texans are now getting these the signs and the shirts and everything made up uh, instead of a cannon that says, come and take it, a it window air conditioner. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right. Come and take it. That's funny. You, you kind of understand, too. So I heard a statistic that of all Albertans, only 20% of them have air conditioning in their homes. And I was talking with my parents about this because they'd lived in their place for, I don't know, 25 years before they put AC in. I think they got AC last year or the year before. And... uh I'd always thought you don't need to have air conditioning here. I thought, nah, never need it. And then we'd moved to a little town in Rocky called Rockyford, and we bought this house that was kind of in the middle of a renovation and the guy doing it was an HVAC guy. So of course he thought, well, I'm going to put in air conditioning and sort of, oh, that's a nice bonus, but not, not a deal. It didn't matter to us either way. Like, okay, sure. It's good. Fine. But it didn't really determine whether or not we wanted this place. But After having lived with air conditioning that summer, I was like, I had no idea that I needed it this bad. (laughs) And then we moved back into Strathmore and, uh, we kind of bought a house that was at the drywall stage and, uh, we had the builder put in air conditioning and man, you kind of get spoiled rotten. And even when we lived in our fifth wheel out here, I mean, it had air conditioning, right? And so, um, the builder who built this house of ours, he, it's very, very similar to the house that he had built, which is right beside us. And even the orientation on the land, you know, the, the, the way that windows face and stuff is almost identical, not quite, but very close. And he said, oh no, you know what? My house stays really cool. Like you're not going to need air conditioning. Oh man, our, our house gets so blinking hot. And the problem lately is that, so, so it'll be hot and windy all day long, like probably 15, 15 mile an hour winds. So it's gusty and it's hot. It's like standing in front of a huge blow dryer. Right. And, yeah. uh. And, and then in the evenings, once it cools down, it's dead calm. Like probably from like eight o'clock on, there's, n- the the air doesn't move. And so these poor folks, I've talked to a lot of people and I see them complaining on the internet, it's like, you know, it's hot all day long. And then at, at nighttime, when the temperatures drop, you open your windows and you can't even get the hot air to move through your house to outside, you know? Oh, and there's a huge grass fire yesterday. Uh, when I woke up, I, I looked out and I'm like, oh my goodness, I could, you know I couldn't even see probably maybe half a mile visibility because of smoke and I thought this was like fires from BC and stuff but then I looked at the way the wind was moving and then on like because you know look at the weather network and stuff and there were no like air quality statements for my area and I thought well what's going on why why doesn't anybody notice the smoke so I took my drone and I went up as high as it would go it's probably illegal for me to go that high. I went up a half a kilometer. 500 meters and uh it was really cool because I could see and I heard Steph said something on Facebook there's a I guess on the Indian reservation Siksika there was a fire a big grass fire and I saw exactly where it was and it looked like this v kind of cloud coming our way and I thought that's kind of cool but luckily it only lasted for like an hour or two and then it it was nice outside but I was gonna Steph and I were gonna have our coffee out on the on the front porch yesterday you know because it's cool and it's like oh nope (laughs) it smells like you're in a in a barbecue shack but yeah, I'm ready for it to be, I'm ready for it to cool down.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I don't like hot weather anymore. Yeah. I grew up, uh, without air conditioning within limits. You know, when I went to go stay with my aunt and uncle, they, they had money in air conditioning. Uh, we had a air conditioner, a window air conditioner in one bedroom in the house and in the summer everyone slept in that one room. Oh wow. And
2: uh Yeah, it's didn't uh, have
0: air conditioning anywhere I ever worked, growing, you know, uh, that I could that I can recall uh other than the grocery store, but I mostly worked in the back and outside, so yeah, there goes that. Yeah. Um uh didn't have it in any place I'd lived at in England. Montana, I think uh, the house we bought in Florida in 96 was the first place I ever had air, full time, you know,
2: Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and you kind of need it there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I can't live without it. No, I know you just get so, I don't know. You know what the thing as Steph and I noticed is that when you have air conditioning in your house and if you can come into your house, like for reprieve and to get away, I find that I actually am outside and I enjoy being outside more than when we didn't have air conditioning. Like I'll go and I'll do some task like, like weed the garden with like this rototiller that's just going to get me sweaty, right? Like it's just going to make me drip sweat, but. I do it and for somehow it doesn't seem bad because my, my body was much cooler when I went outside in the, in the first place. But then I know as soon as I go in there, I shower and I'm going to be cool. Like we keep our house super, super cool. We, we cool it down to 64 at night. <laughs> 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 like in the summer, in the winter time, uh, I don't know why we use Fahrenheit uh, for our thermostat, but when I want the temperature outside, I'd rather have it in Celsius. It's weird, but. Uh, in the wintertime, we set our thermostat at nighttime to 60 Fahrenheit. So that's how cool our house is in the wintertime. And I love it. Like, I, I like cold. And then when we heat in the wintertime, like it'll be minus 30 outside. And we only ever set it up to 65 Fahrenheit, which is fairly cool, I think, by most people. I think we generally keep our house cooler. And yeah, then. <laughs>
0: well, it's, it's all relative. If it's minus 30 outside, 65 is pretty warm.
1: Yeah, but most people that that we know, they'll set it to like 70 or 73, like every time we go to somebody's house for dinner or something like that, man, after a couple of hours, Steph and I are both like, man, I was getting a little, you just kind of, it's not comfortable for us. We just didn't feel comfortable. And like my parents will come to our house and, and my mom's like, oh, I got to remember to bring a sweater and slippers next time I come because your house is always so cold. And so we even do that in the summertime. Like we, <laughs> we keep it at 70 during the day. And then at nighttime we drop it to sixty four, and man, I sleep so good. <laughs> I've got my my duvet, my my down feather duvet, and I'm like all snuggled up in the covers, and it's like it's like seventy five, eighty degrees outside, and everybody's sweating. Oh man, that's crazy. Yeah, I, but I,
0: I I need my bedroom uh, colder than the rest of the house year round, but you know, and I used to be to that degree in when we first got. Air, lived in Florida. Yeah, I'd freeze my wife out. She hated it. Um Yeah. <laughs> I'd keep that air down at like sixty five year round. Yeah. Oh, she hated it. Yeah. Uh, as I get older, you know, the higher that temperature goes.
1: Yeah. The other thing too is I haven't seen our power bill <laughs> yet from running this. Oh, that'll air don't make you see.
0: change your mind. <laughs> yeah.
1: I was thinking about that because I got up uh what time to get up like four thirty this morning? and i went and opened like i put screen doors on the front and back door of my garage and i thought oh, okay i gotta get it cooled down it's like 80 degrees in my garage at 4 30 this morning so i open up the doors open up the window again there's no air movement so it's really not doing tiddlywinks but uh when i was doing that 4 this morning i heard the air conditioning kick on and i'm like <laughs> i don't know if that's necessary <laughs> we'll let's see what our power bill is like 700 bucks whoa we better tone her down here a little bit but I tell you that, that probably the biggest thing that pushed us over the edge to get air conditioning was, uh, cause my wife gets really bad seasonal allergies. And then, uh, so do my, my two oldest boys, uh, one more than the other. But usually by the beginning to mid June, my wife's allergies are bad, like really bad, like to the point where she can't go anywhere without her Kleenex. You know, she's blowing her nose every five minutes, sneezing every two minutes. Like it's, I feel so bad for her and she's tried every over the counter thing. Uh, I think this fall, what you can do is you can actually go get these injections and they have to do it in the fall. So your body can build up anti whatever it is. I don't know, but you can actually get, and they're supposed to be super effective. So we're going to do that this fall for her. But, um, so far this year, she has taken one allergy pill because she was starting to feel like she was getting her allergies. And I would say that is the biggest benefit for us with the air conditioning. Like I've, oh, every summer I feel so bad for my wife. Cause she's literally just miserable, like literally all day, every day, she's sneezing and blowing her nose. And you know, if it rains, it, it gets better. And, but when it's hot and dry like that, her allergies are so bad. So this air conditioning, we're convinced like, that's kind of why we're thinking, you know, we can seal up the doors. Uh, you know, we're just pulling air you know, it's filtering and all that stuff. So it's made a huge difference for her allergies. So that's kind of nice. We're really excited about that. Honestly, if it weren't for her allergies, I don't know if we would have had, if we would have put AC in, but you see your wife suffering like miserably in the, you know, should be the greatest time of the year. It's like summertime, you know, It's go do things to the family. And she's just, and we still go outside you go for bike rides and it's just, I think it's that uh prolonged exposure, right? Like if you know, you're inside your house and the windows are open, you're always exposed to the pollens. It just kind of builds up and builds up and builds up kind of like a chronic thing, you know, whereas if you can, you know, not be exposed to that for most of your day and then go outside for three or four hours. Yeah. You'll start to get a little bit of runny nose or something like that, but it's not like it's all there. I don't know. It's really making a difference so far.
0: Yeah. And the, uh, air conditioning, uh, how tight the house is and for goodness sake, people don't skimp on filtration. Don't buy the 99 cent filters. You're, you're, no. Do you know what's interesting,
1: though? Bad so, human. No. Uh, yeah. And that's what I always thought. Like, we always bought 3M filters, you know, ones that are for yes. allergies and stuff. Uh, but then I don't know. This is something I got to look into. But the gentleman that put in our air conditioning, uh, he's an HVAC guide, a journeyman, whatever. And So he looked at our our furnace and all this stuff. He says, man, you got a really high end unit, like super high efficiency, blah, blah, blah. And he said, one thing he said, don't ever run these filters that you're running now. He said these new, uh, super high efficient, like the new furnaces and air movers they're designed like, so they'll automatically adjust. He says, if you put in one of these really high, you know, efficiency filters, not efficiency, but high, uh, trapping rate or whatever. Um, it it will just force that thing to work harder and harder and you'll burn out your furnace much quicker. So he said with these types of things, and I don't know, like, I don't know how true that is. It kind of makes sense, but he says, you just buy those ones that are basically like a scotch break pad, you know, just the fibers. He said, change those out like every two weeks. But he says with these new high efficiency furnaces, the worst thing for them, it'll just cut the life of your furnace down by like, he says, you'll get a 10th of what you should if you run these super you know pleated filters that doesn't even make
0: sense um i don't know if it's an if it's an older unit that was built and designed before we had these you know one micron filters i believe him it's absolutely true because they're not they need you know that's where they were designed brand new high-end top of the line they're designed with filtration in mind and it'll tell you in the specs, you know, even if you have to call the company for those insider specs, it'll tell you what filters don't go below. And mm-hmm. when we put in the uh the new unit in the house in Maryland uh a couple of years ago before, while we, you know, still had that house. Um yeah, it's fifteen grand I'll never see again. But anyway, uh it says right in the. It wasn't even like hidden in the specs, on the front cover on a sticker. These are the filters we recommend, uh, or any filter that meets these sta- ANSI standards or whatever, yeah. uh, to point one micron or point hmm. whatever. Yeah.
1: The, 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 see and that's what I would think too I'm going to look into it actually you know what you, you mentioning that I'm going to check on the manufacturer's website and see uh, because the thing is that he said um well, he said because a DC motor will work too hard and burn itself out and he said the old motors you know just like an AC with a, a fan like a pulley system you could put a load on those and they just keep going which
0: well you uh, and I both know DC motors have more torque
1: yes yes
0: by their very nature anywho I don't think this guy, I think he's an old, he was taught by an old school guy and is an old school guy.
1: No, he's younger than me. Well, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. No, I need to look into know, it.
0: My nephew is older school than me and he's, you know, 30. Yeah. But,
1: yeah. Uh, and it's funny and too. By he old said- school,
0: sometimes I mean uneducated people. Yeah. Anyway, um, you know, not keeping up with the times, but. I'm just joking about that nephew he's super intelligent uh and he's an hvac guy but yeah uh industrial hvac and the best filters are you get a one of those scotch bright pre-filter for okay. big dust particles and then you get the electrostatic filters hmm. uh, that's what we had in missouri we had a big electrostatic filter twice a year you had to remove this big radiator-looking thing. You unplug it. You wash it out. You know, take it outside. Rinse it off with the hose. Don't use pressure washers. Uh, And they actually make this stuff. Uh, uh, It's labeled through the manufacturer of the uh, unit, like Train or something like that. But it's just manufactured like, like DuPont or some chemical company. And you spray it on, let it sit, wash off the dirt, Spray this stuff on it, let it sit, wash it off, and then spray it on again, let it dry, put it back in. And what that stuff is doing it is antimicrobial, antiviral. Hmm. Uh, it lasts about six months. Hmm. Uh, and we didn't have. I've, I've, uh, one of the things I don't understand in life is dust. You know, you can make this the. The tightest house you want for air filtration, and there's dust. you like, where in the Is this stuff coming from? We dust it once a week. I come in, yeah, and it looks like you know, I'm an archaeologist in my living room, but
1: most uh, dust in your house is dead skin
0: cells. Oh no, not this dust. Um, uh, and I know what it is where I live right now. I know exactly what it is because we live in Gravel Road County, and then I got two hayfields near me, you know, Mm -hmm. within a mile. So I know what most of the dust is here, but, uh, you know, you live in the city. Come on people. Anyway, um, we didn't have a dust problem in Missouri. Uh, and I owe most of it to that HVAC system that we had in that house. Um, and I, I haven't been able to, um, uh, bring myself to, spend that kind of money on an HVAC system because it was there when we bought the house. Mm. Uh, and this is in, they put that system in, in the late nineties and it was about $28,000 then. Oh wow. Yeah. I mean, it'd probably be cheaper now because of technology, but, uh, you know, and when the HVAC system in the house we live in now goes out, uh, I'm gonna have a good one put in but
2: uh, yeah I right know
1: yeah no it's uh
0: Cause I think what we have in here now is like contractor grade you know uh,
1: yeah yeah I was surprised with the the furnace system that that my builder put in um he cheaped out on a lot of stuff in this house <clears throat> I mean the structure's good. His framing was good, which which to me is kind of one of the more critical things because that's one of the things you can't really adjust or compensate for afterwards, right? I mean, um, but, yeah, the the guys, the RP, his RPs, Industries, that came and put in uh, this air conditioning, is like, holy crap, you got a high-end furnace. I'm like, really? He's like, oh, yeah, dude. He goes, that's like one of the best ones you can buy right now. I'm like, cool. Never <laughs> Never really gave it any thought, but... I was actually kind of surprised because with a lot of stuff, like all the hinges on our doors <laughs> and all the, like the door hardware, man, he went with the cheapest junk he could find. Like some of the knobs, like our outdoor knobs, it, it seemed like something that would come out of a, you know, 25 cent vending machine. You either get like a little piece of bubble gum or a bouncing ball or a doorknob to put on a house. Like, oh, just garbage. The very first winter we had condensation in every hinge. On every exterior door, just started rusting like crazy. So I was actually quite surprised that he put in a a decent HVAC system. But,
0: anyways, uh, spec out a certain
1: me. Yeah, yeah.
0: I know he was your builder, but you didn't spec out a certain you know unit or kind of
1: Uh, doors. He did for the doors themselves. And they were from you know a company i'd heard of like all weather windows they're made in calgary and I, okay there's good stuff uh but hardware wasn't spec'd out and i mean you just had us choose the colors that we wanted and yeah he just he just i don't know oh, how he found backpack. such cheap stuff oh no i he didn't spec any like the company he used they they're pretty good guys like i was actually impressed with them uh when they did the rough in like for everything before they poured the concrete. So that's like, you know, all the, the stub up from the concrete floor in the basement for all the drain lines, all the water lines, main water in, you know, out to the septic system. They were coming, it was in the summertime and he said, okay, they're going to be here early and they're in Lethbridge, which is about two hours, maybe an hour and a half away from us. And they got here at 5am and four trucks pulled up, four Chevy trucks, and they got the the big toppers on that have the toolboxes, you know, out the side and stuff like a nice contractor, yeah. uh, topper, like a bunch, a couple guys got out of each truck and they literally, all of them pulled in, boom, 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 boom. They parked, they all opened up. Every person grabbed two handfuls of tools, material supplies, and went straight into the house. Like literally they didn't set foot into the house to look at the job, to walk around, everything, boom. And like that, in three hours they had the entire thing roughed in. And then they literally, as fast as they they unloaded, they just all came, boom, 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 boom. And it's like, I have never seen a construction crew so efficient. Like, you know, often you'll see like, you know, road crews or something. There's always this stigma that construction workers stand around all the time. (laughs) I think that's probably, I don't know if it's accurate, but I would say it's, I've seen it. You know, old construction workers are just sitting around with their hard hats and, you know, playing games. But man, these guys just got boom. And so as soon as that I saw that, I thought, man, these guys are good. And then, uh, they talked to me when they were coming back to finish the house. And even then the, the finishing of the house, um, like once all the drywall's up, they hooked everything up like toilets, put in the gas range, put in the gas, uh, stove, the fireplace, all this stuff. I think it was two days. They had the whole house done. And, uh, but, yeah, know, he was telling me, he's like, yeah, no, we buy. He said, yeah, we're going to use good stuff. You know, we're going to give you good, high-quality furnace and stuff like that. But as far as actual spec, I didn't get anything. I said, okay, cool. I just trusted him because I saw the way they worked. I thought, yeah, I'll, whatever these guys say, I'll just listen to them. Because I honestly don't know. I don't know anything about anything. And but yeah, I was just wondering. Yeah. You yeah, know those guys were good. And they uh, – I didn't have – originally, I didn't have a heater in my garage. Like, it was uh, – the spec for the garage was – insulated doors and then heat or uh, insulated walls and ceiling and stuff. Uh, but there was no part of the house package didn't have a furnace or a a heater for the garage. And I called them up They're here the first day to do the, uh, the finishing up. And he said, listen, if you want it, I've got one of these. He told me what it was, you know, it kind of went back between doing radiant heat, if we want to do that or forced air, you know, he told me his, he said, honestly, if it was mine, I would be doing forced air and yada, yada, but, um, He said, if you want to let me know tonight, I'll bring one with me tomorrow and we'll hook it up. And so I said, yeah, let's do it. And so I just paid him cash for that. And, uh, yeah, came in the next day, four hours, boom guy, they ran, they actually had gas stubbed up to there was what my builder did, which is nice. And, uh, they had actually run like thermostat wires, uh, to where the heater would have been. So it was actually all ready for them, uh, for future, same thing. They put in like the actual, uh, copper tubes for the air conditioning line or for the air conditioning to go outside. Uh, they roughed all that in and then just left it. They just capped it off and stuff like that. So it was actually a pretty easy install for these AC guys to come do. But, oh, it's nice. It's great.
0: Do you have uh, natural gas to the house? Yes. Uh, or do you get propane? Natural gas. I wish we had that here, but no.
1: Yeah. Uh, the one thing with propane is that, was it, minus 37, it gels up or something. Um, uh, mm. And it's... We have that risk, <laughs> you know, for one to two days a year. It's, it's happened around here. People that have propane tanks and their propane freezes or, or just gels up. It doesn't freeze, but it won't flow. I don't think you would never have that there. I don't think you guys no. would ever get that, <laughs> that cold in Tennessee.
0: And if it did, and I, you know, like say I lived where you live or I lived in any place that got that cold. like We still lived in Montana, for instance, yeah. and I was forced to use propane because we didn't have – the availability of natural gas. I would have a tank blanket. Yeah. Because you know what? Um, I know I live there. I know it's going to get that cold. And I don't want my propane to gel up. Just like having a diesel and no block heater. You know, come on, people. Really.
1: Yeah. You know what? You mentioned that I've never, ever seen a tank blanket before. And I know quite a few people that have propane tanks. They're house on propane. But I've never seen one. That's interesting. Maybe Canadians don't know about them yet.
0: Well, I mean the safety sallies might have an issue with it, but it, there's it's not dangerous. It's no it's no more dangerous than having the sun on your tank. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Come on, people
1: Well and shoot, you could you could take it off in the summertime, you know. Mind you, but it would just keep it cooler. <laughs> it would help well, all, I all, all mean, the way it's, around.
0: Um It's like an electric blanket. Oh, okay. It's battery operated um, and keeps you, keeps your, and I mean, it doesn't warm it up, but it doesn't let it freeze, you know? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't get, it's very, it's very well insulated, has a warm layer on the inside. It's right next to the tank and just keeps it from gelling. That's all it does. Yeah. I would
1: even imagine, like, just super thick, heavy insulation would help. You know, because...
0: burying your tank.
1: Yeah. You know, when we lived in our fifth wheel, uh, we parked it, like, one of the pop-outs we parked over our well, and then I did uh, two-by-four construction, insulated, vapor-barriered, so that the underside of our fifth wheel would, you know, hopefully not freeze up. And I learned in the... So, two and a half years we lived in that thing, and for those two winters, I learned that, you know, insulation between something freezing and not freezing is such a slight little difference. You know, like if I had a little tiny crack, that the slightest breeze would come through, uh, learning all this as we went, I'm like, wow, why did it freeze right here? Like the line is frozen here and then I'd look over, oh, I can see this little trail, little, uh, snow that has kind of blown in and I'm like, oh, so the wind was blowing this way and it hit this hose right here and it froze. And only like 10 inches of this hose was frozen. It's amazing how the, how, how insulation is so, you know, it's like even a heavy insulated blanket on a tank, even though it's minus 40 outside, maybe it's only like minus 35 on the other side of that blanket. That'd be enough to make a difference for the propane, you know? Oh yeah. Interesting. Man, this is the most exciting podcast topics we've had for a long time. (laughs) furnace filters and insulating propane tanks
0: well you know what
1: <laughs> I like it <laughs> Yeah. but I was gonna ask as one thing I was gonna ask and again we're just stuck on the whole weather topic uh, you've been doing too much with this weather or you kind of just lay low when it's so hot out in your workshop or whatever
0: well since you know I'm still dealing with this whole it's not insulated uh, it would cost me a fortune to run heat or air in the workshop uh, when it's that hot, I, I'm just in the house You're doing yeah. something, but like uh, had some weird power outage uh, computer damage this week. So I've been working on that and I've also oh, no. been doing research on uh, insulation because uh, uh, I am just looking to see what's going to be. I don't care about, you know, what's cheapest because that's stupid. Uh, for what I want it for, uh, I want to know what's the the best, the absolute best insulation for the you know the workshop. And I just found out about this. Uh, <clears throat> it's a steel building insulation, but it's instead of just that plastic vapor barrier wrapped insulation. Um, fiberglass batting. Mm-hmm. There's another one now that's uh, dual-coated, uh, and it's R38. Oh, wow. That's and a lot. so I'm trying to find some information about it
2: uh, huh.
0: on a product, that product, or one like it that would be available here yep. even ordering it uh yeah when my computer had that issue I lost all of my research oh I lost everything I did for the last 6 days but no no including I was working on uh, a oh, yeah. recorded closer for a certain podcast
1: the outro yes
0: and I just lost it all but that's okay uh, I mean most of the work's already done, you know, in your head, figuring yeah. out what to say and, and how to word it.
1: The creative you know, genius
0: recording is Recording yeah. it takes two minutes, but.
2: Yeah.
0: It just huh. makes me mad that I, you know, record it, re-record it, re-re-record it, and by the sixth re-re-re-re-re-record it, you're like, man, that, that's the one. I <laughs> yeah. like it. And then, the, you know, God decides <laughs> to delete it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: but
1: you know what it's like this yeah (laughs) we got i was thinking about it man we gotta start using some of these a little bit more and even when you're talking about recording that i often wonder seeing that we have these things do you ever get the urge just to like make audio content for no reason
0: Yes I do. <laughs> yeah.
1: I know sometimes I come in here and I'm like I should just record something or make a read a book and record it like I don't know it's it's kind of fun once you figure out this stuff, you know, like Oh, well, I've
0: been wanting to do my podcast forever and the only thing that's stopping me honestly is you. The sound of my voice, but you. It's this. you know, I've got I, I'm not joking about this, and it's not a stretch. I have five or six shows in my head that I could just yeah. record, yeah. and it's the sound of my own voice that stops me. I can't stand it.
1: Yeah, but maybe you're the only one who can't stand it.
0: I would rather if- be single again and have to marry Rosie O'Donnell than sound listen to my own voice that much. <laughs>
1: yeah. But you know what, maybe it's not that bad. Cause I tell you, if you had a horrible voice, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do a podcast with you <laughs> and that's a fact, <laughs> That's a fact, <laughs> you know, it was like, sorry. No, you got a, you got a great voice, Todd. You need to just do it. Like literally just do it hundred percent. And I'm glad you mentioned that here cause now all nine of the subscribers to this podcast and myself are going to hold you accountable to have an episode <laughs> up for next week. No, you should do it, man. Really. You know, you've got the technology, everything's dialed, you, you found like our hosting platform, you know, everything.
0: No, I don't, I don't know everything. Yeah. I found a hosting platform and now it's just, and I know how to record. It's marrying those two things up, you know, editing it, getting it posted, getting it to the different platforms. Yeah. That, you know, you're, that's the difficult part. But, uh, you know, the, just watch a 10-minute YouTube video and figure it out. But
1: yeah. Because is it a, a solo show, like just you with your thoughts?
0: Well, yes and no. I want it, Well, I've already asked you if I could uh, interview you but um, yeah. for one of the episodes. You know, I would like to have guests. I would like to have uh, – but it's not going to be – it'll be kind of like this show – but different. Yeah. You know, um, it won't be uh, what, well, quote unquote family friendly, you know, uh, we can curse on the show, but not just to be cursing. Like some shows. Just talk the way you talk. Um, And, you know, I wanted to, cause there's sometimes I, I just need to rant about something And Can-Am Soup isn't the forum for it because, you know, what we envisioned for Can-Am Soup was just a conversation between two friends. And there are certain things, you don't talk to your friends about the way you and I talk, you know.
1: Yeah, or you wouldn't want people hearing those. (laughs) Exactly. Like like we do have a conversation before we hit record, but, uh, yeah, no, generally we want this to be a little bit more, Family friendly. I had to edit out two F-bombs from last week, though, from you. <laughs> Did you notice them? No. They came out so naturally that I almost didn't. And, uh, <laughs> it was so I mean, I listened back to it. That's a nice thing with the roadcaster too, cause as soon as you said it, I just hit the little blue flag. Right. And so then when I bring the files into post-production and then I go on the, the roadcaster, I can just fast forward to the next flag. And so I don't have to scrub through anything. I'm like, oh, okay. So I hit that flag at like, say it was 40 minutes, and then I just oh, listened to within 10 seconds of that, and I can find it, and then I'll cut it out. <laughs> I I've always was like, wondered
0: what that flag was for. Now I know.
1: Yeah, it's it's fantastic because you know the files we use are from Squadcast, which are really good because you know yours is being stored locally on your computer and mine's locally on mine, so we don't have that internet garble. Um, but then, as a kind of like a reference for these different timestamps, we also have the recording going on the roadcaster, which records everything, you know, your feed, my feed. And then you have your roadcaster. So essentially, when we do this podcast, we have three different recordings. Uh, but yeah, it's so nice because I can or say if there's a, a bloopsy do or you know there's been the odd time when our connection is cut out, and I'll just hit I'll leave the recording going, and I'll just hit a flag. And that way i'll know okay i need to fast forward to roughly this point in the recording cut that and then stitch this new part together you know it's just man is it slick it makes like uh production well last week with having to take out your two little (laughs) whoopsie doos uh, and they're so natural i almost want to leave them in there (laughs) it's so funny but uh you know the 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 production on that one took me i don't know 10 minutes 10 it's like nothing basically i just Uh, even out our volumes. And usually my mic is a little bit hotter than yours. And I don't know why that is, but do that, kind of normalize it as best I can and then export it and done. Often I, if I know I've taken out, you know, anything that we need to take out, like if we, if we say shit, I'm going to leave that in there because that's not too, you know, it's not the worst thing on earth. Uh, But I, I think more than that, and you have to give it the explicit rating and then you know, like my kids wouldn't be able to listen to it, or or a certain age, it, it kind of restricts even access to that podcast. You know,
0: yeah, and that whole thing really angers me because, and here's why, and it doesn't apply to everyone. I know that uh, probably probably does not apply to you. Um, generally speaking, there are always times where you know the wrench slips. And we bust our knuckle and we say words <laughs> in front of the family. Right. But i I would hazard a guess at 95% of everybody who is the loudest on this family friendly, explicit language, blah, blah, drops more F bombs in front of their kids in the car at home than anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And and those are the kind of people I hate anyway. They use the F-bomb like they use a Rolex. Yeah. You know, as a, you know, like using the F-bomb in rap music. Mm -hmm. Do you have to use it that many times? No. Yeah. So they're just using it as a, just like you would wear a Rolex. Uh, But not me. You know, I curse. Absolutely I curse. But it's just the way I talk. It's part of who I am, you know. And I'm not going to say it's because I was a mechanic for so long, because I know mechanic shops that don't cuss, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, and I know mechanic shops that still to this day open the door every day. Well, I'm sorry, before they open the doors to the public, they pray. Huh. Which is cool, but
1: yeah, 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 and I'm I'm the same way. Like I am not offended by it. Um, and you, the things that bother me more are more biblical in nature, like, uh, you know, taking the Lord's name in vain, uh, as far as all the other swear words, they don't bother me, but they've become cheap in society. And I think if you can communicate well, I think the better you can communicate in the English language, the fewer curse words, cuss words you need to use. Uh, You're
0: absolutely right. And I think in 1970, 1980, 1990, We had a point by saying that. Oh, if you use curse words, you can't communicate very well. I think that's been overridden now. And I would rather hear somebody like me that uses curse words just as part of their language instead of people promoting uh, all these weird genders, uh, homosexuality. I mean, promoting it like you should be gay uh, or bisexual or having four wives, or pedophilia, which I cannot believe the amount of people promoting that crap today. Mm -hmm. You know, we used to cane those people just by mentioning it. Yeah. You You imagine what somebody would have done in 19, I don't know, 25, 30 years ago, if someone on national television... Said, "Well, you know, children can consent and mean it and mean it. They'd be like, I don't know, they disappeared or arrested or something."
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. It's a, it's a crazy world we live in. You know, the thing with swearing is that, so. I think some. I think honestly, like so. Say people like like my age start a podcast and they start swearing all the time. I think they do it to try to be cool, like yeah. and, and just That's like what I using
0: by using them, just like you would a Rolex.
1: Yeah, yeah, and like <sighs> lewd and just kind of crude, vulgar mind pictures that are always painted. It's like, ugh, like you know, I I mean i can i can be a bad guy i I can think bad things you know i'm not squeamish i'm not this but i want to do those things on my choice and for what i believe to be a good reason right like there's a reason sometimes to go dark uh sometimes the world isn't a happy beautiful wonderful place and you need to be able to i mean but you know if i'm working in my shop I'm, i'm you know doing whatever and i'm just listening to a podcast to uh you know, to, to pass some time and, and just these comments that people probably think are funny, like, oh yeah, i just gonna bend it over and give it to them. I'm like, oh dude, like really. You just, you just kind of made me feel bleh, a little disgusted, you know? And then there are so many podcasts that, uh, and I'll, I'll come out and say it. There's a lot of podcasts on the makery that I just can't stand to listen to anymore and I was involved with them and it's like, dude i i don't care to hear your crass gestures i don't care to hear you swear all the time like they'll be like how are you and in, and instead of just saying how are you it's like how the f are you you dirty little M or effort i'm like oh, okay yeah cool I, am i like grade nine in the gym trying to be cool with the boys because that's well that's what i hear you know oh,
0: what's next are we gonna sneak a cigarette out of mommy's purse exactly it's like okay what about what about a
1: gentleman like what about being a good man not a nice guy but a good man and being like hey let's have a gentleman's conversation uh hey how are you doing great to hear yeah no you know what this week sucked for me everything went to garbage you know i can communicate exactly what's happening i can do it in a strong way without and you know without like I'm not gonna say offending people because you can't you can't do that in this day and age but uh you know without just being lewd and crude and eliminating an audience because even if there's some of these podcasts that I that I did like in the in the beginning there's some of them I actually chose to listen to and they've almost entirely all dropped off because I'm like I can't listen to this like these guys are a bunch of uh adolescent boys you know (laughs) telling these perverted jokes and they think they're cool it's like sorry dude I am in explicit control of what I let into my mind. And if it's not actually worth my time, because my time here is limited, right? Like we're all gonna die. And uh, most people find that they die sooner than they thought they would have. And I am not gonna let these these childish men uh, who talk like a bunch of little pukes, you know, I'm not gonna let them have time in my mind or in my ears. I'm gonna limit that. It's like, sorry, I'm in charge, not you, bye. And it's just yeah. such a shame because all the rest, like 95% of what they talk about is something that I am genuinely interested in, but I'm, I'm literally, I'm like a gatekeeper in my mind and I'm guarding. If it's only, if 5% of it is, is just blech, that's too much for me. Cause you know, I could think about, I could fill my mind up with a hundred percent things that are better than that. They're gone Psh, out of there. And man, it's amazing how many, how I've whittled down podcasts that I listen to. Um. Yeah, and it's just, I, I don't see the reason for them doing that. Like, it's not cool. Or maybe, maybe you know, maybe the, that literally is the majority of men. Maybe most men are just no. a bunch of immature no. pieces of garbage, <laughs> you know, that really haven't grown up from the locker room in grade nine. You know, I don't know. Well,
0: I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say this. Maybe the, you know, the 300 million people in the United States, Let's say 100 million of them, 120 million of them are male, uh, adult male, and of those, you know, 500,000 or less are, you know, um locker, thaw, locker room, Neanderthal, adolescents
2: mm-hmm.
0: that like listening to uh, the godfather of making say the F word a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's gotta be even less than that because whatever their other social media audiences are of a, a small percentage of them go and listen to their podcast. Yeah. Um, and they can't have a video podcast. Oh, one of them tried and uh, YouTube flagged it for, you know, for content. Yeah. Oh, I can't have this, my clean image on YouTube and then dirty it up with having a video podcast the way we do our audio podcast. Yeah, yeah. And so they really are just trying to be hee, 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 hee behind mommy's back. Oh, you know... I knew by watching your making videos, I didn't like you. Now I really don't like you. Yeah. Just, you know, because...
1: Yeah. You ever, you know, one of my favorite podcasts, well, I will will say it is my absolute favorite podcast other than this one, of course. Uh, Do you ever listen to The Order of Man?
0: I have, yes. I've
1: mentioned it a bit. Uh, Man, I like, you know... I, I, and I will say this, I don't agree with everything he says. I don't agree with any, everything anyone says, right? It's, it's not like I'm fully on board. Like there's some stuff that I disagree with that he says, uh, particular one thing he says that, uh, a man, a husband should never be his wife's best friend. I completely disagree with that. And I know it's a wildly unpopular and, and by far the most popular opinion is that you need to be a really good friend. You need to be her husband her lover, you know, you need to be all this stuff, but she needs to have a best friend who's a girl. And I do think she needs to have a lot of friends and good, good friends that are girls. But he actually comes out and says, You should not be her best friend. And man, I 100% disagree because my wife is my very best friend and I am her very best friend. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Like, like,
0: there should be, you know, once you choose to get married, right? Um, your family that you grew up with, your blood family, becomes number two,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I'm God is number one, obviously. So we'll just put him as like the number one, the number one.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So you had your family, and now you get married. You're creating a new family. Well, this new family is more important than your old family. Mm-hmm. So they're still important, not as important. Yeah. You know. Cause you're choosing to create this family. You made a conscious decision to ch- mm-hmm. create this family. Yeah. So your wife or husband should be your, not just your, it should be your soulmate. And that yep. is a pie made up of best friend, lover, uh, leader, follower,
1: confidant, like everything,
0: partner, everything.
1: Yeah.
0: Any Anything you can think of business partner, you know, Whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. advisor, all those cool words. That's what your spouse should be.
2: Yeah.
0: 100%. Yeah. And if you, once you put the word best in front of something like best friend, you only have one, you know, Oh, this is my best friend. This is my other best friend. No, you only have one. (laughs) That's the way humans work. People, Yeah. Yeah, you can think that, but what you'll find yourself doing those people, not me, likely not you is oh i've got five best friends well no because when you're with bobby you're talking crap about jimmy when you're jimmy you're talking crap about bobby Mm -hmm. and i'm not in a bad way just to try to prove to jimmy you're my best friend or prove to bobby oh you're my best friend if you're a best friend you 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 know it you don't have to say it but your spouse should be your best friend
1: yeah and And i think people uh, that have you know, if, if somebody says, oh, my wife, her best friend is this person, it's because she's not getting that from you, right? Like, they need a number one best friend. Everybody does. And if you're married and your spouse isn't that best friend, t- to me that's a problem. That's They should be your best friend, you it's know? It's going to
0: cause so many uh, psychological issues later on down the road. And I don't mean like, oh psychopath. Well, no, because everyone needs a best friend. Everyone yeah. needs... At least one, right? You need one. That's the way we're built. That's the way God intended it. Yeah, and supposed to be your spouse, and because the other things aren't always going to be there. You're not always going to have children in the house, so the co-parenting part isn't going to be there. So, friend is going to the friend part of that pie is going to bleed over there, right? It's going to take over. We're not always going to want to, you know. Um, being the sack so Mm -hmm. you know because as our regardless of what people believe as you get older your sex drive changes Mm -hmm. sometimes it gets more sometimes it gets less but one thing is it doesn't happen at the same time for both of you Mm -hmm. so you you need something to fill that void Um, and the most A really cool way that we're built um, is we have this thing called sex drive, and we also have this thing that's craving uh, mental. uh, Oh, what's the word? Connection. Exercise. You know, we need mental exercise. We need to. bounce ideas off, learn, uh, create, fail, succeed mentally. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just as important and just as satisfying as the physical.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So if your bestie's not your spouse and you're losing that other part, that physical part, what's left. And then you become miserable and you realize, well, I didn't really marry my soulmate.
1: Yeah. And the other thing too is that, you know, if your best friend, you, you've you got this commitment of marriage, right? Or say you have a best friend. Okay, you know, my buddy lives, you know, just a couple blocks away is my best friend. And all of a sudden he gets transferred to Texas. Wow. Now I literally just, I lost my best friend. I can't get together with him anymore. <laughs> Whereas if, you know, there's the convenience factor and, and the commitment factor that you've married this person, you've committed to spend the rest of your life with that person, Man, it sure is awesome that that's also my very best friend. Cause she's not going to get transferred to Texas unless I'm going to go with her. You know what I mean? Like, and it's, you, you know what I think it is like, so my wife and I, we just did, uh, we celebrated 20 years of marriage was it two weeks ago. And, uh, you know, I find it to be, I don't find marriage hard. And I think probably one of the reasons is, is that. And when I look around and I see, like, we've got lots of people like younger than us, older than us. I've got so many aunts and uncles and cousins that are all like left, right, middle, they're getting divorced and they're split up and this and that. And I think it's that people can't fully, not necessarily surrender, because it's not that, but but in a way, completely be 100% committed, 100% vulnerable to one person. They They can't trust them, I think. Like you know my wife there's nothing hidden from her she knows you know the the worst of the worst parts about me because i i completely make myself vulnerable i completely trust her right i mean it's easy to the the best parts i mean hey look at i can do this i can do that blah, blah, blah 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 you know that's everyone accepts you on those levels everyone on earth people on youtube accept you because it's like hey man Hey, you you know how to make knives. Cool. You're you're, that's neat. No, I would never show those people the darkest parts about me. Right. Because they'd be gone. But when you, when you were married to somebody and you literally, I'm going to say you expose yourself to that level of rawness, like nothing is hidden. It's, I don't know. It's, it's easy. And I honestly think that, you know, even, and I'm not saying like, this, a lot of this is my personal preference, but people that get married and they'll keep separate accounts. And I don't know, I'm not, you know, all that financially savvy. Maybe there's good reasons for that. But when I see that I'm kind of like, oh, okay, so you're just not fully getting together. You know, that there's still this thing that you're, you know, it's supposed to be a union. They come together and become one. And I always think that, I always see that like, oh yeah, we're going to become one, uh, you know, in the sack. <laughs> But I will still want my account. You keep your account. Well, I don't know. My personal take on that is I read that as uh, a lack of complete and utter trust. And you know they'll be like, yeah, well, I came into this with like way more money and way more assets. And well, I guess it's just a, like a business merger that you're protecting your assets from that person. You obviously don't really trust that person. <laughs> In other words, you let them have whatever it is as yours as theirs, but. I don't know. I, I think that's the number one reason why marriages fails. Cause it's, they don't completely trust the other person or maybe more. So they don't be completely vulnerable and open and just com- completely exposed to the other person, you know, at every single level.
0: Yeah. They don't fully commit themselves I and mean, you know, society, social media, um, is all part of that when you grow up seeing, you know, Hollywood marriages last about 13 months. Um, you know, mom and dad were never married, blah, 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 blah. You know, you see it then. So there's a, a learned lack of commitment to begin with. Oh, I don't have to be committed. That's not what, you know, marriage is stupid, blah, blah you know, um, so part of it is that societal influence, uh, crazy, uh, and mm-hmm. I think that uh, God is a big part of it. The mm-hmm. importance of marriage and commitment and best friend, you know, because you know, without without God, or without being old fashioned. I don't think it'll work, right? Mm -hmm. And because I've seen people in uh, a particular age group, you know, the millennials, they they grew up together, they went to school together, you know, now um, Bobby and Susie are married and they're happy, they have kids, and you'll know they'll be together when they're 90, right? Mm -hmm. Well, they also happen to be, you know, Religious, very God-fearing people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then their friends in high school, you know, you know you're know, you 30. You've already been married twice. Um, you got four kids by three people. Uh, really?
1: Yeah. <laughs> you're talking about a lot of my in-laws.
0: <laughs> so, you know, people don't want to hear it, but it is what it is. Um, you're like, oh, trust science. Well, I am because, you know... If you study something and you get the empirical data and then you look at it, um, the most successful long-term marriages have certain things in common, period. hmm Just the way it is. Also, mm-hmm. the people that are married, you know, two, three times or never married and got kids all over the place also have something in common.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that stems over to the broader society too. Um, you know, people talk about uh, white privilege and, and black poverty. And if you look, like it has nothing to do with the color of your skin. The number one thing that that affects Americans and and kind of how they where they live, the the cycle of, of their level of society, the number one, thing is a father and a mother in the household if you take out either one of those things the like you look at the really low income like poverty stricken people way more of them have a parent gone from the house so not a married than people than people who are well to do and they say that but like more than anything else a lot of people say you know uh, your postal code is where you're born is a determination of your success. And there are certain factors of that that are true, right? Like, I mean, you know, if you're born in the slums somewhere, you will have it more difficult to get ahead in life than if you were born to a Harvard graduate who's like, you know, writes papers that people all the world see about whatever research is going on. Yes, you have more opportunity. You were born with an with a better deck of cards in your hands. That doesn't mean you still can't win the game, Right. But the number one factor was a father and a mother in the house. And you take one of those away, uh, very often the father, cause the father is more likely to split because you know, when things are tough, men, men have a harder time committing. Cause I think men can be much bigger cowards than women. You know, women will stick by their families. It's, you know, the protector is kind of like the mama bear. It doesn't matter how bad things get or if it's a bad situation or if it's not what they planned. No, this is my child. I'm here. Whereas often the guys I go up, oh, sorry, didn't want to. Didn't want to have a kid, sorry I knocked you up, I'm out of here, right? There you go, now we've just started another cycle of poverty because you weren't man up and and face up to your own actions and stand by your woman, whether or not you wanted her to be. You made that decision when you started doing what you were doing, you know. But, uh, man, if you wanted to have an amazing country, then you start with marriages, in my opinion, 100%. You have good marriages, you have good community, good community, you know, good country. And, uh, it's, it's amazing. Like, I dunno, I see, uh, I see, you know, a lot of my family extended family and, and some of the ridiculous decisions they've made. You're talking about, uh, you know, married twice by time 30, not like married twice by like 23, literally. And, uh, oh man. I've I've got cousins that have like six kids with five dads, like no jokes, and not one of them is around or ever was around. Uh, it's just it's sad, it's really sad. But, anyways, I would uh, issue a challenge to men, because uh, I mean that's obviously who you and I uh, we we can speak to more effectively. We know what it's like to be men. I, I have a hard time identifying with women. I you know, I'm trying to learn the one woman in the world, which is my wife and try and figure her out. But as men, man, stand up, you know, be your wife's best friend, uh, be completely open with her completely vulnerable. And I, you know, it's on you, it's on the men let's make our marriages better. And I think if you really want to affect some change in this country, if you, you know, get off the internet, get off, you know, sharing memes on Facebook or Instagram, cause that does tiddlywinks that literally does nothing, but man, go on a date with your wife, you know, buy her some flowers, write her a note, make your marriage better. If you want better children, the only way to do that is with a better marriage. And that's a fact. That's a hundred percent fact. You know. I don't know. I believe very, very, very strongly, uh, in the institution of marriage. And uh I believe I, I truly do think it is like one of the I mean, obviously with, with the lack of God, people not, you know, uh believing in God. Um but the the second to that is marriage and even so many God fearing people, like the marriage the divorce rate for Christians is the exact same as non Christians. Right? So well.
2: <clears throat>
0: Well, I can call myself a Christian all day long, period, you know. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you, but, you know, there's like, oh, the divorce rate among Christians. No, the divorce rate among fake Christians.
1: Yeah, but that's too, that's getting way deep, because ultimately.
0: Well, not really, because you've been to church, I've been to church. Um, I can look around and tell you who's really God-fearing and trying to live their life like Jesus, and then there's everybody else, you
1: know. Yeah. No, I agree. L- like, I, I definitely see what you're saying. You know, a DC Talk had a song, and it said, um, the number one cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who will acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny it by their lifestyle. Well, said,
0: people can say that about Christians too, but, you know, Islam has got some um, inconsistencies as well.
1: Yeah, but I don't care about Islam. I, like, I, I don't like, either. But you know, like, like Islam could be, <laughs> Islam isn't going to fix anything. Well, I don't. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't care
0: about fake religions. However, Islam does affect my life. It has affected my life um, in very profound ways.
1: Yeah, but Islam can't. Islam can't change the world for the better.
0: Islam no, it
1: cannot. It doesn't matter it, to me. Islam is a completely and entirely irrelevant now. The only does it way have, that
0: they can change the world for the better if it went away.
1: Yeah, that's never going to happen.
0: Oh, great! We just had our podcast deleted. Yeah, uh,
1: you know, and you know, like I mean, there's so much like uh, so. Right now, as a family, we're reading through the Bible, and it's unbelievable. Like Islam goes all the way back to Ishmael, one of Abraham's it was Abraham's bastard son, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like wow and when you look at you know people say oh they'll they'll pay for the sins of the father (laughs) literally um and you know what i i want to say that i have nothing against islam but i believe that there are a lot of the teachings that are actually quite harmful right i truly believe you should be allowed to think and do uh believe what you want to believe sorry not think and do what you want but your religion your faith choice should be entirely your own thing Um, I, I, you know, and it, it has to be that way. Everybody has a right to think what they want. So I've got as a religion itself, I've got nothing against Islam. Now, if somebody is going to act on behalf of Islam in a bad manner, then I have something against those actions, right? Ultimately though, truth of the matter is hate the religion, not hate the religion. It's the human being that carries something out. And, and yes, there are certain doctrines that kind of can push people certain ways, Um, but I I don't know, like, I I think it's, I think the approach is not right just to be like, oh, ban everything except for Christianity, because other religions would want to do that. I say, practice what you want. Uh, If your actions impose harm on somebody else, you yourself are liable for that. And you know what, just the stigmatism that we have as human beings, we like to put things in categories, we like to, you know, cast umbrellas over things. So. Uh, you get a, a bunch of Islamic terrorists and that sheds negative light on Islam. Uh, by the same account, you get a bunch of weirdo Christians that do stupid stuff. I mean, there's Christian cults. There's been like I know, all these... I, and w- I feel
0: the same way about wacko,
1: waco Waco, Texas, right? Like, So so by somebody that's not in my camp, say, say the Muslims look at this, somebody who practices Islam says, look at this Waco Christian guy. That's insane, man. That's why we got to stop Christianity. But that's an extreme. So I, you know what I mean? That's like no 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 no! you can't stop this religion now those people that did that they are held accountable for it right and same thing with if if there's a terrorist i don't care if it's a catholic terrorist or a christian terrorist or a muslim terrorist or a hindu terrorist i don't care that person is responsible they did it you know what i mean and and these religions i truly believe there's only one right one but i believe that You should be able to practice what you want. And I will respect you and your decision. I will not hold your religion against you as a human being because that would be against what I believe, you know, like Jesus came to earth to love the sinners. And so it'd be hypocritical of me to be like, Oh, you're a, you're a Muslim. Don't like you can't be friends with you. That is against hundred percent contradictory to what Jesus came to do. And what the Bible teaches, you know, um, yeah it's very very interesting I love getting deep into this stuff it's not conversations you have very often because everything is so surface level in today's society right well, uh,
0: I, I think that the I have a very i mean hard opinions about some things that I didn't have when I was thirty um my you know I've evolved like we all do our beliefs you know, uncertain things change over time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, we be- we find out when we're 53 that we really didn't know crap when we're 23. We thought we did. No, we didn't. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but uh, I think the time for standing idly by and twiddling your thumbs is gone. Uh, and here's what I mean by that. If uh, your well, I don't care whether you're independent Republican or Democrat, right? You can't be intelligent and objective and look at your country right, you know, as an American and go, "Oh, this is this is screwed up," because you know. In the 2020 election, we didn't have a good sane, holy sane candidate. You know, Biden's a pudding head. He's literally not mentally capable of um, running a hamster wheel, much less the country. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And Trump was a, an extreme outlier, you know. Yeah. He has this cult following, but what did he really do? He made a lot of noise. All yeah, the people he... centric. Well, No, all the people he bitched about and said, oh, I'm changing. When I get in there, I'm doing this and I'm doing that to the executive branch. No, you didn't. I know a lot about Washington inside. Um, a lot. And all of the people high up in the executive branch that actually make the changes... Uh, and run this country. They're, they were there when uh, Obama was president and they stayed pretty much through Trump. You know, you can change the head, but unless you change the um, senior executive service and the upper level management GS15s, you haven't changed anything. Yeah, yeah. At all. I saw uh, <clears throat> a three letter agency. A law enforcement agency, Trump came in, changed the leader of the agency, right? And the leader of the agency told the agency, Hey, go do this. Nope. They just kept doing what they were doing. Hmm. Told him to go pound sand and hmm. they all got away with it. Yeah, He didn't, he couldn't fire anybody. He couldn't change anything. Yeah. <clears throat> now, You've got the Trumpites and you got the Bidenites, and then you got a whole bunch of other people that are just standing by twiddling their thumbs. They're just as guilty for letting the country go to crap as the people who did it, in my opinion. I think the time to stand idly by and and ignore the facts are long gone. So if you're Christian and you let bad Christians be bad Christians and be out in the public and you don't do anything about it legally, you know, whatever is within the law and you just do nothing, you're just guilty, in my opinion. If you're a Muslim and you try to distance yourself from people by going, oh, that's radical Islam, that's not really what you read the same book. Last week you were friends. We just know that you know, Muhammad blew up a tower now and now you're trying to distance yourself from him. Well, no, you're just as guilty because you're doing nothing. You're trying to excuse it. Um yeah. reason it away. <clears throat> my Todd's opinion. Yeah, I th- like I, th- I said, like I said, my my life was so profoundly affected in a negative manner by radical Islam, uh, that I don't think I can be objective about that. And I'll just admit it. You know i'm intelligent enough to know that
1: yeah no and i definitely see what you're saying but even on the other side of of the christianity side so mm. you know like so say i go to church and i know that there's we'll just call them bad christians uh for the sake of conversation i honestly don't know now uh, two things like first of all am i responsible for them and their actions no now second thing could their actions affect how other people see me yes Ultimately, I think out of love and compassion you go to your brother, your sister and say, "Listen, you know, people are talking about this. They, they notice that you go to church, but, you know, and, and in a certain sense I even wonder like and these are things I don't have answers to. Uh when I was, you know, you'd you'd mention the the wisdom you get as you're older. When I was young, I knew everything and had every answer. And the older I get, the more I realize like, wow, I just I just don't know about that one anymore. You know, uh, at what point is my only responsibility me? Like, well, when do I just worry about myself, my behavior? Um, I think if people were to worry more about themselves, I mean, obviously, if everybody worried about themselves, everything would be fine, right? Uh, you, you run into the problem, and, and this is ve- maybe it's other religions too, but I know it's a very common thing in Christianity because that's all I've grown up with I've seen it you'll get these people that will be like you know there's a thing when I grew up whether or not you listen to secular music and uh I hate christian music not for the lyrics but because of the fact that all christian artists do is find whatever's a popular flavor of music they'll get somebody with the same type of a voice take essentially the same pop song and put some Christian, some weak, weak Christian lyrics to it and call it Christian. And then they'll sell it for 10 times more than a Christian or than a secular album, you know, with very few exceptions. Uh, DC talk is actually a good Christian band. They were back in the day, but you know, going to church, people would be like, you don't listen to the radio, do you? And really that's them minding my business, right? and 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 ultimately when you look at it at that point now all of a sudden you're playing the judge you know who can judge me on earth not one bloody human the only only being the only person that i can be judged by is god himself no one else can judge me for what i do for what i think right every judgment on earth cast by human is subjective And now that's and it's such a gray area it's like yeah okay you walked up this guy and shot him in the face that was wrong wrong that that that's clearly wrong and then if it's like oh you were listening to uh a secular music station and some rap music came on you didn't shut it off that's wrong well who's responsible for that you know what i mean it, it's a you, you get into this stuff and because it's, it's very it's like in the weeds it's very complicated and, and but with, with people at church, say if there's people that are, air quotes, bad Christians. And I, I knew one. So I did a photo shoot for a guy who was a recording artist. And uh, this is how bad his got. So he, he's recording, and the, this his record label needed some shots. And so they kind of contacted me. I never ended up getting paid for him. I spent an entire day driving around the Badlands and Drumheller. Got some amazing photos. Like totally, it's like five guys in this band. They're a pretty good band. Totally nailed it. Like it was a great photo shoot. And about three months later, I found out that he was living with another woman. He was married to his wife. They lived in Strathmore. He told this other lady that he was a music director at a different church in Calgary, and he was literally spending his time. He'd tell his wife in Strathmore, his real wife that he had two children with, that he had, uh, kids, Uh, or sorry, that he has to do all these late night recording sessions and that he's just going to stay at the studio. Meanwhile, he's literally living in this lady's house. So there for a night, here for a night, back and forth. This is a guy who's a Christian recording artist claiming to be a Christian music director at a church doing this, right? That's what I would call bad Christian. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I remember it was all exposed and this all happened. And his kids actually went to the same school that our kids went to when they went to, at least send them to a private Christian school. I think that's probably worse than public schools in my opinion, but, um, you know, and I remember seeing him and, and and he's like, oh, hey, Jeremy, how are you? I'm like, good. How are you? And I remember that moment thinking, what I say to this guy? Like, I honestly wanted to punch him in the face. Like, you dirty rotten piece of garbage, right? But then at the same time, I'm like, you know what? God will judge him. It's not my job. And yes, does he tarnish the look of, of Christians? Yeah. If, if people in the community know that he was a Christian and he went to the same church I went to and then this full on scandal that's what you would call a scandal was exposed and he was guilty of everything man it sure makes christians look bad though what's the number one thing i can do is mind my business and try to do my job as displaying christianity in daily life better that i believe it, it, it may seem like the weakest thing but i think it's the most powerful thing
0: You go you pray for them and move on Mm -hmm. you don't buy their album, you don't go to their concerts. (laughs) No, I wouldn't Um, anyways. You know, no, I get exactly what you're saying. I agree with a lot of that. Probably all of it, if I was honest, most of it. But, I I guess I didn't, for the sake of this particular episode of the podcast, I didn't start off very well uh, explaining exactly what I meant. I'm talking about, you know, more of the criminal or terroristic behavior that affects the community all at once.
1: Okay, I thought you are talking about, like, social media trends and stuff.
0: Well, you know, we have no control over that, um, except by hopefully, you know, swaying people's opinions and moving them in another direction.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But what I mean is, like, you priest or a member of your church is molesting kids, and instead of blowing that up, you cover it up.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree, you can't do that.
0: You, uh, whatever, you know, whatever it is. Um, Here's a big one right now, Uh, marijuana use in church. Yeah. In states like California. Colorado, particularly, right? Christian church, historically, by all accounts, a good church, you know, good, a good flock, you know? and Good flock but, of stoners. You know, marijuana is legal in Colorado. Medical marijuana, legal in Colorado. But yeah. you know something, people? It's still against federal law. Just saying. Yeah. You still yeah. live in America. And now, whether you agree with it or not, it's just like the speed limit and every other law. Uh yeah. so just saying. And while it's church, they had some high profile members that were showing themselves on social media um uh using medical marijuana products. Mm-hmm. Right. It's still illegal. It's still against federal law, and the Bible says laws of God, laws of man. You Mm -hmm. don't like the laws of man, you know, vote other people in and change them.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Can't really change the laws of God. Sorry. Um, The book's closed on that one, Uh, but, you know, know, things like that.
1: Yeah. You know, you're thinking about that.
0: Well, you know yeah, it's against federal law, but, you know, states have sovereignty, blah, blah, blah. And they just explained it away. They put a nice blanket on it, yeah. swept it under the rug. Yeah. And that's and just one example. You yeah.
1: Know? You know, I was thinking about that, like like when you said the law, and, you know, I'm all about freedom and I don't want government to, to interfere and tell us how to live our lives. But the other, lately, riding my motorcycle, um, you know, I feel way more, vulnerable cause I am, <laughs> I mean, uh, but I always look like when I come up to an intersection on a highway, I'm like, you know, if, if I've got the right of way, I'm on a main thoroughfare and there's a gravel road crossing and I see a car coming up to the gravel road and they've got a stop sign always. And this, this comes from years of riding a motorcycle. I look for my escape route. I'm like, okay, so if this guy just decides he's not going to stop. Or if he doesn't see me makes an honest mistake and pulls out in front which direction am I best going and my hands on the brake, my hands on the clutch, and I'm ready to react, right? And every time I get through that, I'm like, yes, phew, I'm so glad that worked. And I got to thinking about it. The only way that, that we as a society work is because we all agree to obey the laws in place. Like you when I look at how complex traffic is. You know, it's, it doesn't, it seems stupid to say it's not complex. Well, yeah, you've got hundreds of thousands of vehicles zooming around a city at varying speeds, going all different directions, different lengths of trips, people getting off here, continuing to there. And it all works because we all agree to the rules. And that's the only way that it works. I mean, maybe there's some exceptions and not, not even really, I was thinking about like in, in other countries, like, uh, Asian countries or Indian countries, where it's a gong show. My parents have showed me some videos of them. They've toured all over the world and it's just like a free for all. But then again, those people have accepted all of those rules, right? And it's a totally, it's a wilder set of rules. It's not maybe as controlled as here, but everybody agrees that we're all just going to drive like idiots. And if I can see a chance to go, I'm going to go for it. And, and that's how you have to do it. And society works based on a, a common acceptance of some general rules. You know what I mean? And so, you know, thinking about that too, like, like what, what, you know, with the, with the marijuana or, or legalization of stuff, it's like the only way, the only way that our society works in a, in a reasonable manner is if we all agree to accept the rules imposed on us, like them or not. Right. And, and, and that's where you say, if, if you don't like certain rules, uh, you know, get a different lawmaker in there, get a different politician in there. Um. And that's how the, the whole system's supposed to work. We're supposed to have elected official, officials that represent us and then they can go together and they can do their voting and they can do their, you know, back and forth, this and that, and come up with a set of rules and they hash it out and it, okay, now this is settled on, this is it. We voted on it. Boom. These are the rules. And that should be a, a general, a decent representation of what the people want. You know? Yeah. But I don't know how we got to this from religion, but I was just thinking about that the other day. It's kind of funny. You mentioned that, It's like, man, the only way that <laughs> I can drive my motorbike is because these people have accepted the fact that when I'm on this road, I got to go first and they have to wait for me. So I'm kind of, you know, kind of uh, myself being a person who hates government control, every time I'm on my motorbike, I'm like, I'm glad we've all agreed to these rules, <laughs> you know, keep us safer. Some of them. Anyways, yeah. exciting news, it's shifting gears, and we're not going to politicize this, but yesterday we got rid of our mask mandate in Alberta. Uh, every town except for Calgary. Calgary's holding it till the 5th, I think, July 5th, but um, I was going to go out yesterday and go to the grocery store without a mask just because I could, but then I didn't actually need anything, so I didn't go anywhere, but I'm so excited, man. It sort of feels like things are going to open back up here again kind of get normal, so that'll be
0: good. <sighs> yeah, it's. Yep, yeah, uh, should have been, should have been.
1: Yep. Wow, well, I think we had some good topics covered here, Todd. You know, we go I from some them. real, some real superfluous stuff like uh, furnace filters, <laughs> and then bam, hit them with religion. You know, marriage, religion, and politics. It's like it's well, like a it's a lopsided one, wasn't it? <laughs> well,
0: you know. Yeah.
1: It's good. I thought it was a good conversation. No. Uh, well,
0: just be glad folks that this is a conversation between two friends and not a conversation between two friends at a bar.
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and and things to think about. You know, I I don't <laughs> ever I've got my strong opinions and I have no problem sharing them, but I don't ever expect anyone to just you you know just eat it like yeah no this is it just believe it right now think for yourself you know you know use some of these things that we say as thoughts um I say things that Todd might not agree with and Todd says things that I might not agree with um but you know like and we're
0: still friends and we're not trying to cancel each other
1: yeah and it's good for our own minds it's good for my mind to hear an opposing viewpoint not that we have radically different viewpoints but Man, you don't want to be stuck in an echo chamber your whole life. Yes, you need to be with like-minded people, but yeah, I don't want to talk things. to a mirror all day. Yeah. It'd, it'd be a perfect conversation if I did it. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> you know what they say when you're great. <laughs> Not bad to look
0: at either. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs>
1: There's a... My dad had this old uh, this old metal sign hang up his shop. I don't why, but it's always said when you're as great as I am, it's hard to be humble. <laughs> and then you're, you hear that song. I don't know who it's by, but oh Lord, it's hard to be humble. Yeah. You're perfect in every way. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. love that song. <laughs> I always tell the kids, "Hey kids, this is my theme song." I crank it up for him. Good stuff. Right on. Well, I gotta go deliver some packages into. Uh, to Calgary today, and I'm hoping I can get there and back before thunderstorms come. Man, we need some rain. What do you got planned for the rest of the day slash weekend? Oh yeah, happy 4th of July coming up to you in America.
0: Hey, thank Earth. you. Um, happy belated pew, pew. Canada Day.
1: Yeah, thanks. It was interesting, I guess.
0: I'm going to do what everybody does. You know, cook out. Yeah. yeah. But I'll have a Quiet moment or two of reflection for why we are celebrating, in mm-hmm. in truth, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'll shed a tear or two for the freedom that has since died. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness,
1: right on. You know, one thing I love to do, um, I always always like to be in the U S for 4th of July. And I've had quite a few of them. And especially if you go to a place that you that know, is close to the state fair, man, those things are fun. I, I remember as a kid, uh, you know, my dad taught at a trade school and so we had summers off and so often in the summer, we would, we had a motor home and, uh, we would just get in and go for like six weeks, eight weeks, just drive across the United States. We didn't do too much in Canada. Cause there's a lot of Canada that's just flat and boring to drive through, but. Um, man, I remember as a kid going to fourth of July at the state fair and my eyes were just huge. I was like, this is the coolest experience I've ever had. You know, it's starting to get late at night and you're still eating junk food. And there's like games and all these things like these huge state fairs. And you wait around the park and. Oh, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was some of my best childhood memories was uh fourth of July. we
0: dinette and i have been wanting to go to the minnesota state fair yes for years i want to go to that particular state fair because of the food yeah they have the best state fair food row in in the united states and music Uh, and you know it's august 26th starting this year i don't know if you know we'll be able to make it this year but this year or next year I want to go and I want to set it up where we can meet people there to go, you know, yeah, have some, have some good times.
1: Yeah. Uh, their music is unbelievable too. Uh, the only reason I know that is because I have, there's a Minnesota public radio. Is there a public radio station? They're quite liberal. Um, certain channels have a lot of music I really like, but I always, you know, they'll record live sessions from from the Minnesota state fair. And I'm like, some of my favorite bands play there very regularly, and they'll record the whole thing. and And like, are you can go on YouTube and watch these concerts that they do at Minnesota State Fair. I'm like, oh, I would love to see that. That that's funny you mentioned that because that's that's the next State Fair I'd love to go to. It would be amazing. Well,
0: hey, let's make a.
1: Yeah, we should do it if we're allowed make to. Plans. <laughs> if we're allowed to leave our country by then, who knows?
0: <laughs> that's why I was throwing next year out there. Yeah, yeah, twenty two. Yeah. Who knows what it's going to be like this year?
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. That'd be fun.
0: And I don't want to try this naughty biscuit through a mask.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Hey.
0: Smoked pork belly topped with beer, cheese, arugula, pickled red onions, candied jalapenos served on a buttermilk biscuit.
1: Wow. That is unbelievable. Yeah. That is unbelievable. Okay, I'm sold. we got to make it happen. We're going to make it happen, Todd. <laughs> we could Absolutely. even record a live show. Hey? Yeah. it would be the buildup. Perfect. Right on. <laughs> well, that sounds like a really good thing for us to work towards. Yeah. And that uh, well, was great talking you, Todd. to you,
0: Welcome to Can-Am Soap from the Minnesota <laughs> That's <right>. State Fair. <laughs> It'll be awesome.
1: Yeah, it will, for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're going to do that on purpose, people.
1: Yeah, man, our our, uh, our microphones and our boards will just be covered with food sludge. It's going to be awesome. Good times. Right on. Well, thanks Todd. It was great Absolutely. chatting with you again. Always enjoyed this and thank you to everybody listening. Hopefully give you something to talk about, think about, think about. And uh yeah, you know one thing that would help, apparently, I have no clue, but if you leave a rating and review, on uh, wherever you get your podcasts. That helps. Five stars, <laughs> whether you like it or not. It's funny because every, every podcast I hear asking for ratings, they're like, only give us five. Give us a five-star rating. They're not like, rate us honestly, please. Everybody's like, give us a five-star rating. It helps a lot. So that's what we're going to say too.
0: <laughs> and share it with your friends if you liked it. If you didn't like it, share it with your enemies.
1: Exactly. Either one of them will enjoy it. <laughs> Absolutely. Right on. All right, Todd, we'll talk to you next week.
0: Absolutely, Jeremy. We'll talk to you then.
1: All right, see ya.